Good morning, everybody. Welcome to At The Movies. How's everybody feeling? As you can tell, this is not a real lightsaber, else my shoulder would be burned. So, uh, honestly, this is Pastor Ben's, and I think this is my favorite part about doing an At The Movies message, is literally just getting to hold this thing. How's everybody feeling this morning? We're doing good? Hey, I think Pastor Ben mentioned it already, but it's Family Sunday, which means we've got some kids' own kids in the house. Kids' own kids, can y'all make some noise this morning? That was a confusing moment, I think, because all the moms have told them, be quiet in church. And then the pastor's up here telling them, make noise. Anyways, hey, we're so happy you guys are with us this morning. And we've got a fun time of church at the movies today. And uh, before we get started, though, we always like to have a little bit of fun. Also, I want to introduce myself. If you don't know me already, my name is Pastor Kirby. I am, me and my wife, Jiffer, are the youth pastors here at Victory. And again, since it's Family Sunday, you guys might not know me as Pastor Curry, but you might know me as Ryland Isaac and Emmy's dad. So that's who I am. For those of you guys, if you haven't met me this morning, but uh, we like to start off at the movies Sundays with a fun little bit of games and trivia and stuff like that. So I've got a couple trivia questions I want to throw up there, and they all have a common theme, okay? If you guess the common theme at the end of it, you get a free box of popcorn, everybody. Hey, that's right. Come on. All right. So the first trivia question, once you know the answer, just shout it out. What's the name of the Italian restaurant where Lady and the Tramp share their spaghetti? Anybody? What's that? Bring up the answer. I heard it out there. Tony's. Everybody say Tony's. You got to say it like that. Tony's. Tony's restaurant. All right. The second question. In the movie Wally, which classic movie does Wally watch over and over and over? There's a picture of the movie right there. Shout it out. Hello, Dolly. Bring it up. There it is. Hello, Dolly. Also rhymes with Wally. Dolly. I don't know if they meant that on purpose. Anyways. Number three, one of my favorite movies. In the movie Up, what scouting organization does Russell belong to? What's it called? Shout it out. The Wilderness Explorers. Come, come. There we go. Anybody got that? Okay. Had to be there. Had to see the movie. Okay. Number four. What is the name of the toy store in Toy Story 2? Al's Toy Barn. There we go. That is fantastic. And the last question of the morning. What state did Walt Disney originally have planned for the location of Disney World? Louisiana, everybody. Did y'all know that? All you people who take like an annual pilgrimage to the promised land Disney World every year, your trip would be much shorter if it would have worked out. Some of y'all didn't know that. Walt Disney actually has like a life, he had a lifelong uh, love of New Orleans and steamboats. His very first Mickey Mouse cartoon was called Steamboat Willie. Okay. And he loved New Orleans and he had actually bought property in the Lacombe Slidell area. He was starting to buy up a bunch of property. And like many stories go in Louisiana, he started to realize that the politicians would never get their hands out of his pockets. True story, everybody. And so he up and went to Orlando. Can you all imagine an alternate reality where Lacombe is the largest city in Louisiana? Anyways, so what do all those trivia questions have in common? Anybody shout it out? Disney. They all have to do with Disney. They all have to do... And it's a little bit of a clue to our movie today. Because the movie that we're going to look at today, again, a little bit of trivia for you. It was actually Disney Animation's 50th feature film. I don't know if you guys have ever knew that. It's Disney's, uh, 50, Disney Animation's 50th feature film. And it's also the very first ever CGI fairy tale adaptation that Disney ever did. I personally think that it's their best fairy tale version. Does anybody know what the movie is? Don't shout out Frozen. Yes! Our movie for today is the movie Tangled. This 
is the story of how I died. Don't worry, this is actually a very fun story, and the truth is, it isn't even mine. This is the story of a girl named Rapunzel. And it starts with the sun. Now, once upon a time, a single drop of sunlight fell from the heavens. And from this small drop of sun grew a magic golden flower. It had the ability to heal the sick and injured. Oh, you see that old woman over there? You might want to remember her. She's kind of important. Well, centuries of a girl and a hop skip and a boat ride away, there grew a kingdom. The kingdom was ruled by a beloved king and queen. Up of sun. And the queen, well, she was about to have a baby. But she got sick. Really sick. She was running out of time. And, and that's when people usually start to look for a miracle. Or in this case, a magic golden flower. Ah, I told you she'd be important. You see, instead of sharing the sun's gift, this woman, Mother Gothel, hoarded its healing power and used it to keep herself young for hundreds of years. And all she had to do was sing a special song. Flower, gleam and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock reverse. Bring back what once was mine. What once was mine. All right, you get the gist. She sings to it, she turns young. Creepy, right? flower healed the queen a healthy baby girl a princess was born with beautiful golden hair I'll give you a hint that's Rapunzel to celebrate her birth the king and queen launched a flying lantern into the sky For that one moment, everything was perfect. And then that moment ended. Flower, gleam and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock we... broke into the castle, stole the child, and just like that, gone. The kingdom searched and searched, but they could not find the princess. For deep within the forest, in a hidden tower, Gothel raised the child as her own. Gothel had found her new magic flower, but this time, she was determined to keep it hidden. Outside. The outside world is a dangerous place, filled with horrible, selfish people. You must stay here, where you're safe. Do you understand, Flower? Yes, Mommy. What an evil lady, right? <laughs> As I was watching this movie, thinking about it, I, this thought kind of just came to me. If only there was some small drop of heaven that really would come down and heal the sick among us. Am I right? Now, one of the common themes of this movie is the idea of selfishness versus selflessness. Selfishness where the evil mother Gothel, who is actually her kidnapper, not her mother, where all she wanted to do was hoard the gifts that Rapunzel had and keep it to herself. And for, you know, as a consequence of that, Mother Gothel kept her locked away in that tower for basically her entire life up until the events of this movie take place. And now the thing is, is that Rapunzel, as I was watching this movie, I realized she's actually kept in two different kinds of captivity, okay? The first one is obvious, 
her physical captivity. She's locked in a tower. Okay. She physically cannot get out of the tower. But the second kind of captivity is something I think we can all identify with a little bit more. Um, Maybe you guys can identify with the first kind of captivity of being locked away in a tower, except maybe the kids in here this morning at school eight hours a day, you might feel like you're locked in there. But the second type of captivity that Rapunzel is in is the mental and emotional captivity that's built up by all the lies that her kidnapper tells her throughout her life. You'll notice she said, why can't I go outside? And she says, because the world is full of selfish, evil people. All the while, she is the evil, selfish person keeping her in that tower. And the Bible tells us there is actually someone much more evil than that woman, an actual real villain in our own lives who wants to keep us in captivity as well. And Jesus talks about this enemy of our souls, the devil, in John eight forty four, He says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil wants to keep all of us in captivity through the lies that he tells us every day, through those little lies that we believe, whether it be about God, whether it be about ourself, whether it be about the world. And so maybe the second kind of captivity that Rapunzel's in is something that maybe we can all identify with a little bit more than actually being locked away in a tower. And why does the devil lie to us? Why does the devil lie to us? Because the truth is in John 8, 34, Jesus, again, talking about uh, in this whole long speech about the devil and sin, he says, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The devil lies to us to keep us in sin, to keep us in captivity, to keep us from actually living out the God-given purpose that God desires for each and every one of us, just like the evil villain in this movie. Now, as we continue on with the rest of the story, we jump ahead about 18 years. And I know some of you might be wondering, what about the king and queen? Well, the story goes that the king and queen never gave up their pursuit of their lost child. They never gave up their pursuit. And it says every year on her birthday, they would have the whole kingdom let up these lanterns that would be some sign to bring back their lost child. And it says that Rapunzel every year would look out the tower and see what these floating lights were. And she had no idea what they were, but she was drawn to them. There was these signs that her her father and her mother were giving to her to come back home And she didn't know exactly what they were, but she was drawn to them. And we pick up the story back here years later. After years and years of captivity of just her and her kidnapper in this captivity in the tower. Someone new enters Rapunzel's story. My favorite character in the movie. It's a crown-stealing thief looking for a hideout.
in my closet. I've got a person in my closet. I've got a person in my closet. <laughs> Too weak to handle myself out there, huh, Mother? Well, <laughs> tell that to my frying pan. I'm going to make hazelnut soup for dinner. Your favorite surprise! Well, Mother, there's something I want to tell you. Oh, Rapunzel, you know I hate leaving you after a fight, especially when I've done absolutely nothing wrong. Okay, I've been thinking a lot about what you said earlier. I hope you're not still talking about the stars. Floating lights, and yes, I'm leading up to that. Because but... I really thought we dropped the issue, sweetheart. No, Mother, I'm just saying you think I'm not strong enough to handle myself out there. Oh, darling, I know you're not strong enough to handle yourself out there. But if you just... Rapunzel, we're done talking about this. Trust me. Me. Rapunzel. I know what Rapunzel. I'm... Oh, come on! Enough of the lights, Rapunzel! You are not leaving this tower! Ever! Oh, great. Now I'm the bad guy. You see, her mother had told her lies over and over every single day, and ridiculous things, too. That you would think nobody would ever believe. Things like all men have pointy teeth, as you saw the little illustration the chameleon pointed out. Things like that. Or told her things about herself, that she's too weak to handle herself out in the real world and all those things. But when Flynn Rider comes into her life, you saw there that all the lies that Mother Gothel has shown her begin to crumble. She sees that not all men have pointy teeth and things like that. She begins to see the lies that she's been told for what they are. You see, when she lifts her hand from the door like that, it's just a symbol that she's beginning to break that mental captivity that her kidnapper has put her under. And it's an amazing thing because Jesus tells us the same thing about the lies we believe from the devil all the time. In John 8.32... Jesus says this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, when we begin to see the lies that the devil tells us, whether they be about God, whether they be about ourselves, whether they be about the world, when we begin to see what the devil's lies are for what they are as lies, we begin to see the truth of God's word, the truth of his desire for us, and the truth of his great love for us. I don't know, maybe what when you step through these doors this morning. I don't know what lies maybe you've been believing that been keeping you in captivity. Whether it's lies like God's not real or if he is real, he can never care about me or lies like you're, you're not good enough for God to ever love you. But I want to tell, tell you something this morning. You need to point out those lies for what they are. They're lies. They're not the truth. And Jesus says, when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. See, when Rapunzel puts that crown on for a moment, she gets a glimpse at who she really truly is. She gets a glimpse at how her parents actually see her, who her true identity is. And the truth is this morning, God has an identity for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says this, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. The scripture says that God sees you as the apple of his eye. You, he loves you so incredibly much. So what we need to do today, and what I hope 
my hope for all of you today is that we would put the lies of the enemy out of our mind. We begin to be like Rapunzel, taking our hand off that door and beginning to see the truth of God's word of how greatly he loves you, how great the plans are that he has for you, that he has no harm intended for you, but he's got nothing but a hope and a future planned for you. And just like Rapunzel, we could begin to step out of that kid captivity, to start to break that captivity in our minds. So we pick up the story in the next clip here. Rapunzel did indeed decide to follow Flynn Rider, have her, have him guide her to see the floating lanterns. Now on her journey to see those floating lanterns, the enemies that Flynn has made in his life as a thief start to catch up to them. So, Flynn, where are you from? Whoa, whoa, sorry, Blondie, I don't do backstory. However, I am becoming very interested in yours. Now, I, I know I'm not supposed to mention the hare. Nope. Or the mother. Uh-uh. Frankly, I'm too scared to ask about the frog. Chameleon. Nuance. Here's my question, though. If you want to see the lanterns so badly, why haven't you gone before? Uh, <laughs> well... Time for this. Oh, Mama, I have got to get me one of these. Black down there. This is all my fault. She was right. I never should have done this. I'm so I'm so sorry, Flynn. Eugene. What? 
My real name is Eugene Fitzherbert. Someone might as well know. <laughs> I have magic hair that glows when I sing. What? I have magic hair that glows when I sing. Flower gleam and glow. Let your power shine. <gasps> It's been said before that our life is the sum total of our relationships. All our relationships, you add them up together, that's a great way to describe what the experience of our life actually is. And believe it or not, at the end of the movie, Flynn and the horse have a great relationship. I don't know if you could believe that or not, but I love how this clip that we just watched starts because it begins with Flynn and Rapunzel both just keeping their guard up between each other. I'm not going to get into the whole backstory thing, and you don't have to know my real name. You don't have to know anything about me. And it's very reminiscent of our attitude in the South sometimes. Somebody asks, how you doing? And, you know, your dog could have died. You could have lost your job. You could have lost your house. And everyone, when someone asks you how you're doing, you're going to say, doing good. How you doing? Right? <laughs> We just have this, you know, this politeness, whatever you want to call it. But we all as humans have a tendency to keep up this wall, to keep up this mask and try to, you know, keep other people out. But this clip, I think, ex exposes a really, really beautiful picture from the Bible. And that is that it's when we begin to take off our masks with each other and we begin to show each other who we really, truly are, that, man, walls can begin to break down. And just like when... Flynn and Rapunzel start to begin to really open up to each other and share these details about their life. That's how the escape comes. It's how they're able to save themselves in that situation. It's just the fact that she opened up. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The Bible wants to illustrate to us that we're all stronger together. Rapunzel could never accomplish the dream that she had, what she was made to do, what she was born to do, without Flynn helping her take that first step out of the captivity. And Flynn would have died in that cave right there, if not for Rapunzel and her gift that she was born with. And the beautiful thing, uh, I believe, is in James chapter 5, it shows us what it means when we open up to each other. See, the Bible tells us when we confess to God, there is forgiveness. But look at what it says here. When we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other, there's healing. When we confess to God, there's forgiveness. And when we confess to each other, there's healing. So don't be like Flynn and wait till the, it seems like your life is over before you start to open up to people and take off your mask. The, the best thing that you can do is find other people that you can live out your God-given purpose with, that you can seek God together with, that you can grow with, and that you can begin to take that mask off, open up, that there would be healing in your life. And I don't know about you this morning, but if you're looking for a family like that, victory is here with open arms. There's so many people here that are just waiting to love on you and help you in your walk with God. And uh, if you've been maybe kicking the tires here at Victory for a little bit, and you've been waiting for a sign from heaven to shout out to you, to get more connected, here it is. Get more connected here. Find somebody that you can link arms with and live your life with, that you can open up with and find healing and seek God with. Because that's when we are stronger together, just like the Bible says. 
is how our next scene that we're going to look at as we're continuing on after Flynn's hurt his hand in the cave. It kind of goes back to that theme of selfishness versus selflessness. Because what we see in the next scene is we see the difference of how Mother Gothel would use Rapunzel's gift and how Rapunzel uses her gift. So, you're being strangely cryptic as you wrap your magic hair around my injured hand. Ah, sorry. Just don't... don't freak out. Flower, clean and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock reverse. Bring back what once was mine. You what has been hurt. Change the fate's design. Save what has been lost. Bring back what once was mine. What once was mine. Freak out. Uh, I'm not freaking out. Are you freaking out? No, I'm just very interested in your hair and the magical qualities that it possesses. How long has it been doing that exactly? Uh, forever, I guess. Mother says when I was a baby, people tried to cut it. They wanted to take it for themselves. But once it's cut, it turns brown and loses its power. A gift like that, it has to be protected. That's why Mother never let me... That's why I never left and... You never left that tower. And you're still gonna go back. The song that's sung over and over, Heal What Has Been Hurt, Save what has been lost. And as you see, Rapunzel's kidnapper, what she feared the most was Rapunzel getting out of the tower, getting out of the captivity, and actually using her gifts on the rest of the world. But when she escapes, that's exactly what she does. And the truth is, it's because that's exactly what she was born to do. She can't help but do it because it's what she was born to do. And this morning, I don't know about you, you may not have magic hair. Maybe you do. I don't know. But that's what you were born to do as well. You were born to use your gifts to heal a hurting world. That's exactly what God has made you for. That purpose, the plans that God has for you in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that we spoke of. It was to live out your God-given purpose in the world, to heal the sick. In 1 Peter 4.10, the Bible says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Whatever gift that you have, whatever talent that you have, the Bible tells us that's, that's just a sign of God's grace on your life. Whatever it is that you've been given, whatever it is that you're, you see that you're good at or whatever interest that you have, God has placed that in your life, not so that you could have more followers, not so that you could become you know, rich and powerful, but so that you can use that to serve others, to heal a hurting world. So many people think that Christianity and the faith that the Bible outlines is all about rules and regulations and have no fun and all this but the truth is, Jesus tells us that all the commandments, all the prophets, they're all wrapped up in two things, which is love God and love the people around you. All those rules and regulations are signs and guideposts pointing us to those two big things in our life, to love God deeper, to love the people around us deeper. Aren't those things that we all desire anyways? It's something deep down in all of our hearts. They're things that we were born to do. And I love that. The truth is that Christianity, the main call of it, is to live a life of radical 
adventurous self-sacrifice. And when we live out that self-sacrifice of giving of our gifts, lifting up the people around us, it has the ability to heal broken hearts. It has the ability to comfort. It has the ability to break chains. And when you actually do it, it's so much more magical and powerful than anything Disney can put on screen because it's actually real. That's what God desires for you. It's what you were born to do. How do we get there? How do we get to begin to live out that life of adventurous self-sacrifice, of loving the people around us, lifting them up? I believe this last clip, the climax of the movie that we're going to watch, points us to that. Now, in this last clip, like so many times, the devil doesn't want us free. When we leave that tower that he's built up of lies in our life, so many times he comes chasing back to bring us back to captivity, to bring us back to slavery, to tempt us with the thing that we've already been forgiven of. And just like that in this movie, the evil mother Gothel kidnaps Rapunzel once again, brings her back to the tower. But Flynn returns to rescue her again. But it won't be so easy this time. Rapunzel, let down your hair! Rapunzel, I thought I'd never see you again. Now look what you've done, Rapunzel. Oh, don't worry, dear. Our secret will die with him. And as for us... For every minute of the rest of my life, I will fight. I will never stop trying to get away from you. But if you let me save him, I will go with you. No. No, Rapunzel. I'll never run. I'll never try to escape. <coughs> you, you two. <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Everything is going to be okay, though. No, Rapunzel. I promise you have to trust me. No. Come on. I can't let you do this. And I can't let you die. But if you do this, then you will die. Hey, it's gonna be all right. Rapunzel, wait. Bring back what once was mine. Rapunzel. What? You are my new dream. And you are mine.
bring back what once was mine. What once was mine. That movie's so much better than Frozen. <laughs> Sorry to all the little girls in here. I'm so sorry to say that. It's just so true. So why is that? Why, why, why is a scene like that so emotionally resonant with us? The little girl being brought back to her, her family, the... The little lost child being, being brought back into the arms of her father. After the self-sacrificial love of someone laying down their life for her. The truth is, is that all of us. The Bible says when we sin, we're a slave to sin. But not only are we a slave to sin, that sin is a separation between us and our Heavenly Father. And it's not just a condition that affects the bad of society versus the good of society. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that it affects all of us. We're all sinners. We all choose at some point in our life, we choose that captivity. We choose to separate ourselves from our Heavenly Father. But deep down, we're longing to be connected with Him again. You see, when Rapunzel decides to really truly set aside the rest of her life to save Flynn Rider. It's illustration of what God's desire is for all of us to sacrifice our own life, to lay it aside. Whatever would be good for me. No, I set it aside for what would be good for you. And when we do that, it inspires others to do the same. See, when Flynn decides to sacrifice himself to set her free, it points us to the greatest sacrifice of all. And that's the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, giving his life so that the power of sin, the power of the devil, the power of hell and the grave could be broken over our lives once and for all, and we could be set free. In 1 John chapter 3, it shows us that 
The only reason we know what love is is because of what Jesus has done. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. 1 John chapter 4 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That our sins could be paid for. That we wouldn't have to be held in captivity by them anymore. That we wouldn't have to be in bondage to the the power of the devil in our lives. That we wouldn't have to be slaves to our sin anymore. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it's not just some obscure historical fact. It's the invasion of heaven into earth to show us what God's desire is for each and every one of our lives. That we would live a life forgiven of our sins, that we would live a life wiped clean of our sins, that we would live a life of adventure, emulating his sacrifice to every person we come in contact with. That we would live every day remembering what Jesus has done for us and looking at the others around us and saying, what way can I lay down my life for you today? Don't you see the love that he has for you? Don't you see the adventure that he's called you to? God is love and not just some surface level, modern day kind of puppy love, but a deep, eternal, unconditional, self-sacrificing kind of love that you never have to doubt. And I love how that line in the song that she sings as she unknowingly brings him back to life. Save what once was lost. Bring back what once was mine. It's so powerful because it, it's literally the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 19. He says, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. You see, Jesus saw us in our sin. And he said, we're lost. We're separated from him. And the Bible says that he didn't come to condemn you. He came to seek and to save you. To lay down his life for you. You see, Rapunzel saw Flynn dead. And she shed a tear. But see, the Bible says that when we sin, it's not just slavery, but the Bible says that we are dead in our sins. That sin leads to death. That we, on our own, we are spiritually dead. You see, Rapunzel saw that Flynn was dead and she shed a tear. But God saw that we were dead and he shed his blood. How great the love that he has for us. So how do we begin that life of adventure? How do we break out of the devil's lies? How do we begin to live a life of freedom? The first is we have to admit that we're sinners. We have to realize that we've done wrong. We have to realize that we're missing the mark of what God's desire and purpose is for our life. We admit that we're sinners, that we're dead on our own and that we need his help. And the second way is we, is we reach out to him. And we do that by putting our faith and our trust in him, believing in Jesus, believing that he died on the cross for our sins and that he rose again so that we could have new life as well. And once we do that, we confess that he's Lord of our life. We give our lives over to him. The Bible says when we believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, that we believe in our hearts, we confess that our mouth, that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that we will be saved, that we will be forgiven, that we begin to live out that eternal life right now, not just when we die, right now. So I want everybody in the room today to bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you want to do that today, you want to take hold of the forgiveness that Jesus offers. I would love to just lead you in a simple prayer this morning. You're not going to be singled out. Everybody in the room is going to pray the prayer out loud with you. You're not going to be called up to the front. We just want to help you. This is between you and God. We want to help you. And it's not the words necessarily that save you. Like I said, it's the belief in your heart. So if you want to pray that prayer this morning, I just ask this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed that you would raise your hand this morning. 
That's awesome. I see those hands. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. Church family, can you all pray this prayer out loud? Help the ones who raised their hands this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. That I'm dead on my own. And that I need your help. So I reach out to you this morning. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again so that I would have new life. I confess that you're Lord of my life. And I thank you for saving me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Can you all put your hands together for everybody who prayed that prayer this morning? Before you stand up, before you get going this morning, I ask that you do something. If you're a grown-up in here this morning, I ask that you would just text the word SAVED to 66599. This doesn't give us your information. Nobody's going to come knocking on your door with a fruitcake or anything like that. We just want to send a, a quick little video to you of your next steps of what the next steps in your walk with God look like. And if you're not a grown-up, if you're a young one in here this morning, I ask that you would find Pastor Paul and Pastor Lori over at the Victory Kids table this morning. Find me, find any of the pastors to talk about. Tell somebody, tell your, tell your parents that you prayed that prayer this morning. And help, help, let us help you, give you the next steps in your walk because it's so incredibly important. And I want to pray a quick prayer of blessing over everybody in the room to dismiss us this morning. God, we just thank you for who you are, that God, every great story points to you because you are the author and the perfecter of our salvation, Lord. God, that you would lay down your life for us. We thank you, Lord. God, help us all, Lord, the ones who prayed the prayer this morning, the ones who, God, we've been following you for decades, Lord. Help us, Lord, to lay down our lives fresh and new every day, to lift up the others around us and to point them to you. God, we thank you for everything you've done in our lives, everything you're doing now, everything you will do. God, we can't wait to see what you've got in store for us. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody say a good amen this morning. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. If you had a good time in church, invite somebody for At The Movies next week. You guys are dismissed. Grab some more popcorn on your way out. God bless you. I'll see you next week.